Thank you. Jesus, thank you so much. We gotta go show Richard our gifts tomorrow. Hey, Laura. Hey, Laura. Yeah, Laura. Good morning, Barefoot Church. It's great to see you today. It's great to be a part of this church family. And uh, thank you, Pastor Clay, for the opportunity to, uh, to speak this morning. I want to talk to you about uh, the topic, when you believe in God, but don't think he's fair. Now, you might say, what do you mean? How can you believe in God and not think he's fair? Well, sometimes we develop uh, early on some misconceptions about God. And even though we may start that journey in our faith, well, sometimes we're yet to discover that we're some of the fullness of the things that God wants to do in us are being held back by misconceptions that we hold on to. If you're here today and maybe you're just exploring your faith and what it means to follow Christ, uh, then you may be familiar with these misconceptions. And hopefully today they will help you see past those things. The girl in the video couldn't see past the can of Coke, right? The eight ounces of Coke. And sometimes there are things, there are people, there are circumstances. In her case, even the gifts that God had given her. And she was so focused on them that she really wasn't able to see who God was and who God wanted to be uh, in her life. And so that can be true with us as well. So many times our confusion about God often has to do with us not looking into really what God is really like. And so what can happen is your understanding of God can affect every area of your life. For example, if we develop some misconceptions about God, say from our culture, from media, maybe from our parents or religion, maybe from uh, education, whatever, if we develop misconceptions about God, what happens is you'll have some unnecessary problems and misery in life simply because you don't have the right understanding of who God is. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you would like to get rid of any unnecessary problems that you don't have to go through? Absolutely. We're all in on that. And how many would you like to eliminate any misery that you could eliminate from life as well? Because Certainly, there's enough we can't control. If there's some we can get rid of, then let's do it right away. 
You on? Listen, one of the reasons that Jesus Christ came to earth is to show us what God is like. So that as we, as we look and see and experience the life of Jesus, what we're seeing is God himself being revealed to us. He showed us that God is not some impersonal force out there, you know, some energy field out there in the universe. He's much more, much more than that. He's not some angry tyrant who's kind of sitting up there, you know, just waiting to make someone's life miserable. That's not the picture of God that we want to have. In fact, God is not some apathetic creator who kind of winds up the world, you know, sets it down and then just watches from a distance and sees what happens. No, God is very upfront and personal. God's involved, but sometimes we can miss seeing him because of things that block us. And I want to talk this morning a little bit about uh, some of those things. But before I do, I want, to, I want to remind us that Jesus described God in two words. Look at this verse with me in Matthew 6, 9. Jesus said this, this is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. God wants you and I to think of him as a father. The good news is since God is a father, we know he's a person and he's not some power out there, some force field or energy that we just kind of hope he connects with us. But rather, God is a father. If God's a father, I know I can relate to a father. I can talk to a father. I can have a relationship with a father. Now, the bad news is when I use the word father, for some of us that may conjure up all kinds of painful memories. And so rather than it being a happy term for you, perhaps it's a sad term or maybe even an angry term for some of you. How many of you remember phrases like, just wait till your father gets home? (laughs) That was not a good sign, was it? If you heard that phrase, (laughs) how many of you tried to hide? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But you know, sometimes, sometimes if that's the way we feel about God, then that makes it very difficult for us to really want to develop a relationship with him. You know, from a standpoint as a human father, human fathers can be selfish. They can be inconsistent and demanding. They can be self-centered, maybe even abusive. And so they can, uh, we can say really uh, in our lives, no, thank you. I, I don't really need another, another father image in my life. But Jesus, I want you to notice, he qualified the term when he said, this is how you should pray, our Father, where? In heaven. God is a heavenly Father. He is very, very different than our earthly fathers. In fact, we know as earthly fathers that that we we can fail, that we can make mistakes, that we can really, we can blow it. But how many know God's the perfect father? God is a father that has never blown it. He's someone in our lives that he wants us to know him as father. And he wants us to understand what that means to be the kind of father that only God can be to us. So there are four misconceptions about God. And I want to just quickly review them with you and uh, see if, if you've been influenced maybe by them at some time, or you know someone who has, or perhaps even as we're talking this morning about these, you realize, wow. That's exactly what's happening to me, and that's limiting me in my faith and my trust in God. So the first uh, common misconception about God is that we can think God is unreasonable. 
Some of you may not want to get to know God simply because you think he is unreasonable and he places these unreasonable demands on your life. So all throughout your life, he wants to make it tough. He wants to, you to keep these rules and these regulations and he's got all kinds of restrictions. In other words, we may feel like God wants to take away our happiness. He wants to spoil all our fun. He doesn't want us to be able to enjoy life to the fullest. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And so obviously, if we think that God's unreasonable, then we're not going to want to pursue him and get to know him. So that can be a hindrance to us. A second misconception is we can think that God is unreliable. The reason for that is we often feel like he's unreliable because we've been hurt in some way. And so what happens when we've been hurt, we tend to not only blame the person that hurt us, but we tend to blame God for allowing it to happen. And so we think then that God's unreliable. And the truth is, God is not the one that hurt us. It's people who have hurt us. And God's allowed uh, us as human beings to have the freedom of choice. And so how many know sometimes human beings don't make the right choice or the best choice? They may make a selfish choice, not even thinking about the ramifications of how that could hurt other people. And as a result of that, we go through life experiencing some of those hurts. And so we question God, why did that happen, God? And if you're going to allow things like that to happen to me, then I have no desire to want to get to know you. Listen, the third conception is this, that we can think God is unconcerned. We might say, yes, I believe there's a God, but we feel like he's out there somewhere. He's, he's too busy to bother us. He's too, he's too busy to worry about our needs or, or concerned about the, the difficulties and challenges that we're going through. He's too concerned, you know, he's too concerned to uh, really think about our job, our kids, our education, our finances, our career, our schooling. We think God's too busy to be involved in our lives. And as a result of that, we're not going to try to get to know him because he's aloof. You know, like the Bette Midler song says, God is watching us from a distance. Sometimes that's how we can feel about God and think that he's only out there and he's not right here up close and personal. And then the fourth misconception is this. We can think that God is not pleasable. So you can feel like no matter how hard you try, that it's impossible to please God. So, so let's say God sees our report card with C's, and then we think God says, I want to see B's. And so we go and we work real hard and we get B's. And then what happens? He says, well, now you need to get A's. And so you work real hard and you get A's. And then he says, oh, I, I meant straight A's. And so you work a little bit harder and you get straight A's. And then you just feel like he's looking at your report card. You got straight A's like, how about some A pluses? Have you ever had that feeling that God is unpleasable? And sometimes what we do is we transfer feelings or weaknesses that we've experienced from our parents or teachers or people that have put pressure on us and we haven't been able to please them in this natural life. And we project those kinds of things onto God. And so if, if we believe that God is not pleasable, then we kind of give up and say, 
Well, why try then to even get to know God? Today, I want you to take the concepts that we've just talked about, the un, uh, the, the misconceptions about God. Maybe there's some others that came to mind as we were talking, but I want us to just take those and kind of set those on the shelf for this morning. And for the next few minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to look into the Bible and see how God describes himself to us. What kind of a father is God? What does the Bible say God is really like? First of all, it says he's a caring father. Will you say that with me? He's a caring father. He's loving. He's gracious. He's compassionate. In fact, God loves you and he loves me more than you and I will ever be able to understand or figure out. Our minds cannot fully comprehend the unconditional, never-ending love that God has for us. Because God's, God's compassion is, is his number one characteristic and his number one attribute. Look at Psalm 103, verse 13. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. Listen, God is caring. God is compassionate. Perhaps there has been some, something that's clouded our view, our understanding, or our image of God. Some of you will remember the story in the Bible. It's pretty well known about Jesus being out in the boat with his disciples, and they're out fishing, and all of a sudden, a storm comes up. Remember that story? The storm comes up, and, and the waves start beating against the boat, and the boat is rocking. I mean, they're getting the ride of their lives, and all of a sudden, the water starts coming, and all while this, this is going on, Jesus is laying in the back of the boat taking a nap, missing all the action. Finally, one of the disciples hollers out to Jesus, Jesus, don't you care that we're dying? That's one of the most significant questions that can be asked in human existence. God, don't you care about me? Perhaps we've all felt that way. Perhaps we've all not understood how much God does care. But listen, if you think that God doesn't care, then why would you want to get to know him? Okay? But it says many, many times in the Bible that God does care. In fact, look at one of those times in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So what's all that anxiety? What is all those anxieties? It can be any kind of issue, any kind of anxiety that we feel. And so it's important for us to recognize that 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 anxiety can be financial, it can be social, it can be physical, it can be mental, spiritual, relational, whatever that issue of anxiety is that we have in our heart, God's inviting us to give it to him, to deliver it to him because he cares for us. So let's ask a few questions. Does God care about your house payment? Yes, he does. Does God care about the fact that your children need braces? Yes, absolutely. Does he care about the grades that you get? in school or in, in college, in your education, he absolutely does. Does God care about whether you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or not? Yes, he does. In fact, does God care about your moods? Hello. Yes, he does. Does God care about your finances? He absolutely does. Does God care about your dreams, your hopes, and your ambitions? Yes. He absolutely does. 
Does God care about whether you're a success or a failure in life? Absolutely, he cares. And so he's a caring father. He's a heavenly father, very, very different than an earthly father in that he cares about all the details of your life. In fact, he knows every detail of our life. Matthew 6 reminds us of these words of Jesus in verse 30, 32. He says, so don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we wear? Your heavenly father knows you have need of these things. So in essence, he's saying, what are you worrying about? What are you worrying about? Do you, as a parent, want your children to worry about where they're going to get their next meal from? No, you don't. Why? Because you're committed to providing for your children. God is committed to providing for us. He's committed to meeting our every need. He's committed to be there for us and to be a caring, loving God. God doesn't want you to worry about your needs. He's a heavenly Father. And so listen, anytime that you or I start worrying about something, it's a warning sign that we're starting to doubt the love of God. It's a warning sign. We're questioning whether or not God loves us enough to take care of that need and that worry that's happening in our hearts. And so we have, to, we have to recognize and realize how much God cares for us and that he's committed to take care of us, to take care of our needs, and that we can trust him. And so first we need to understand God is a caring father. Will you say that with me? God is a caring father. And the second thing we need to understand about God, the Bible tells us God is a consistent father. In other words, you can count on him. He's there all the time, and he will come through. He has the ability. He has the dependability. He is entirely consistent in who he is, and that makes God someone that's worthy, worthy of our trust, someone we can put our trust in. In James 1.17, we're reminded every good and perfect gift is from the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. Say this with me. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father who, say this phrase, does not change. You see, God is a consistent father. The truth is, on when it comes to our earthly fathers, sometimes our earthly fathers can be unpredictable. Isn't that right? In fact, sometimes they can be so unpredictable, whether it's a, a father or a mother, that as a child or as a teenager, you may hear hear children say, you know, I don't know what to expect from my parents when I get home. I don't know if they're going to be in a good mood or in a bad mood, if they're going to like me or they're going to hate me. And that inconsistency tends to rock our world as a person. And we begin to develop or transfer perhaps that thought. Listen, inconsistent parents produce insecure children. Inconsistent parents produce insecure children. So where do we find our security then in a very inconsistent world? Well, we find it in God because he's a consistent father. He's not a moody God. He doesn't have a bad day. He doesn't wake up and and say, listen, I'm feeling a little grouchy today. Who can I zap? Aren't you glad he doesn't do that? 
because because <laughs> the moods we wake up and we might <laughs> we might be the one he wants to zap. But God's not that way. He's consistent in who he is. He's dependable. And you know what? His dependability does not depend on our dependability. His consistency does not depend on our consistency. Look at 2 Timothy 2 and 13. It says, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. Listen, even when we're faithless, that word faithless means even when our faith is too weak to believe. Ever been there? You ever been in that spot where things are so tough and and things have come out of nowhere and things are so painful that it's too weak to even ask or believe that God is there or that he can help you? And God's telling us, listen, even when you're in that situation, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be faithful to you because you're one of mine. And I cannot deny, I I cannot, I will not disown you or disown those who belong to me. Fact is, the world around us is changing at an incredible rate every day, isn't it? In fact, they say in the 21st century, the only thing that is truly constant is change. Every day, we're having to adjust how we do things because technology is changing and systems are changing and things are moving rapidly that require us to adjust how things are being done. And so in an inconsistent world, we need to know that God will always act the same way toward us. He will always act toward us in love. He will always act toward us in grace. He will always offer us his power so that we can have the strength that we need in an ever-changing world. You see, God is always caring. He's always consistent. That's what God is like. Did you know that one of the greatest causes of resentment and rebellion in children is broken promises? Broken promises. In fact, some of you may still have thoughts of when you were a child, perhaps, when something your parents promised or someone that you admired or or really you, you cared for, made a promise to you, and, and due to whatever reasons, they weren't able to keep, take that promise. And you can kind of remember that, can't you? If a broken promise is something that hurts us. In fact, even as a parent here, we may be thinking about, oh, wow, I, I remember that time when I promised my children something. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to take place. And I wasn't able to fulfill that promise. Why? Because we're all imperfect. We're all imperfect. But the good news is, is that God always keeps his promises. Look at this verse with me in Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. It says, God will never go back on his promises. He will never go back on his promises. And then look at Psalm 49, verse 10. It says, my God is changeless in his love for me. I want you to say that with me. He is changeless in his love for me. God is changeless. So how do we handle the ups and downs then of a relationship with inconsistent people and inconsistent parents or a mother or a child? Or how do you handle them knowing that your your father who is entirely consistent, he is the one that you can count on every time rather than placing so much weight and confidence in those who could fail us? 
see a, a word to those of you that grew up with a father who is far less than perfect. Some of you may have experienced a father or a parent being absent in your life or being abusive and as a result has caused some real damage to you as a person. But the truth is, the more imperfect you realize your father on earth is, it also impacts how we view our father in heaven. And we can have this sort of broken, limited kind of view and kind of relationship with God if that has happened. Some of you here had a father that that loved you the best he could. And as a result of that, you had a pretty good relationship with your father, maybe even what you consider an awesome one. And that's great. The truth is it may be a little easier for you to trust and believe in God as a father because you have that that better image or experience that you've had. But listen, for those of you that did not have a good relationship with God because you've struggled over the years, what do you do? How, how, how can you have that kind of relationship with God? Well, listen, here's the bad news. It'll always take for you an extra measure of trust. It'll always take you choosing to trust God and basing your relationship with him on trusting who he says he is and beginning to experience the reality of God's faithfulness in your life. But the good news is because you you begin with that extra measure of trust, you're going to build that relationship of faith in God. And your relationship with God is not going to be based on feelings. It's going to be based on faith, on trust, because you choose to accept God for who he says he is and develop that relationship with him. Okay, so number three, God is a God who is a close father. That means he's available all the time, okay? He's not away on some business trip. He's not a few hours away, you know, because he had some sport obligation. No, he's a God that's right there. He's not far off. In fact, the Bible tells us in Acts 17, 27, God did this so that people would reach out for him and find him since he is not far from each of us. I like that, don't you? He's not far from each of us. God's a different kind of father. He's a caring father. He's a consistent father. He's a close father. He's always available. And that's that's just an encouragement to us to remind ourselves that God is there. And that if we look at, as we see God meeting our needs every day to understand that God is orchestrating those things behind the scenes to make sure that we get everything that we need. Perhaps some of you grew up with an absentee father that was never around or, or maybe your father, it could be your parents in general. Maybe they were kind of there like present in the house with you, but they were always so wrapped up in other things that they always felt kind of alone and, and, and that you weren't paid attention to. If that's true, I want you to know that that could limit your relationship with God as a father. But there's, there's three things, three truths and facts I want you to know about God. And first of all, it is this, that God is never too busy for me. He's never too busy. He's always there. Psalm 145, 18 said, the Lord is near to all who call on him. God is just a call away. He's just a call away. All you have to do is look to him and call on him in your moment of need. And he's not too busy. And so 
we need to remember as well as parents, as friends, as people who care about other people, we need to guard ourselves from being too busy for others, don't we? Especially with our children. We only really have them for a certain window of time. And we need to make sure we're paying attention and giving attention to them as a parent. Secondly, God loves to meet my needs because he's a close father. He says this in Matthew seven eleven, you know how to good, give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Listen, it's true, isn't it? As imperfect parents, we do love to give good gifts to our children. We love to see the joy. We love to see them enjoying something they really wanted. And we love to bless them with that experience of providing that for them. How much more, God says, how much more does a perfect father in heaven want to give us good gifts, want to take care of our needs? And so listen, God loves to meet our needs. And thirdly, God is sympathetic to my hurts. You know, when whenever you get hurt, no matter how great or how small, nothing's too small for God to care about your hurts. It's not like he says, it's just a little scratch. Put a Band-Aid on it and get going. Get over it. God's not that way. God cares about and is sympathetic to our hurts. So what do we do? We turn to God and we, we recognize that God loves us. Notice uh, Psalm thirty four eighteen: The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Listen, I know this today here in this auditorium and those that are watching online, there are those among us, you know what it's like to experience a broken heart. You know what it's like to have something happen that just crushes your spirit and you feel like you're going to shrivel up and you wonder if you'll ever enjoy or live or hope again. And you feel like maybe God is at a distance in those times, but God's assuring us and telling us, no, when you're brokenhearted, when you're crushed in spirit, guess what? I am right there. I am right there. All you need to do is ask. All you need to do is recognize me and I'll be there to take care of you. And then finally, the Bible teaches us that God is a competent father that he can handle any problem you give him. Nothing is beyond his ability. In fact, Luke one thirty seven reminds us nothing is impossible with God. How many of you are thankful for that truth, that nothing is impossible with God? How many of you are facing some challenges in your life right now? Yeah, I think probably all of us can put our hands up, maybe some more than others at this particular moment. But you know what? Nothing's too difficult for God. Nothing's impossible with him. We've come here today to hear his word and to be reminded that we have this father that cares about us, that's consistent, that's close, and he's also competent. He can do whatever we need him to do. You know, as as a child, we, we often looked at our fathers as, you know, as God, if you will. They, we looked at our dads and we said, man, they can do anything. In fact, behind the scenes at school, you know, we would say, uh, my daddy can do anything. He can beat up your daddy. 
he can do this and he can do that better than your daddy. And we have this, this strong, uh, perhaps, belief in our father or in a parent or, or someone that we really admire. But, you know, as time goes along, we sort of discover that earthly fathers, earthly parents have limitations, right? And of course, the first time we found it out was when they, when they told us what they were going to give us for an allowance. We're like, really? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> okay, well, we recognize that our human our human parents have limitations. And as a result of that, sometimes we even discover that that even the advice that we go to for them for wisdom is not always complete. It's not always exactly what we need. But nothing is impossible with God. Ephesians 3.20 reminds us that, that God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers or desires or thoughts or hopes. Listen, There isn't anything that God can't do. There isn't any challenge, any dream, any hope, any ambition that God can't bring to pass in your life. God is able, fully able and capable of meeting every need that we have in our lives. So here's my question to us this morning. What have you been doubting that God can handle? What have you been doubting that God can handle in your life? Because that's a warning sign, isn't it? It's a warning sign that we're not fully trusting. We're not fully expecting. We're not fully aware of this heavenly father that we have that cares about us. Now, the obvious logical question then is, is everybody a child of God? Will God take care of everybody's needs? Is God the father of everyone? Well, the answer is yes and no. If you mean, did God create everybody? Absolutely. Does God love everybody? Absolutely. Does God have a plan and a purpose for every person on this planet? Absolutely. Yes, he does. Is God the father of everyone in that sense? Yes, he is. But how many know it takes more than birth, giving birth to be a father? It takes having a relationship. And God is saying to us, listen, I want you to have a relationship with me as your father. I want you to know me. I want you to experience and and have that security of having a father that cares, that's consistent, that's close that's competent in meeting your needs. So how do, we, how do we get God then to be our heavenly father? Well, Jesus said it this way in John 14, six and seven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you really knew me, then you would know my father. And so Jesus came to this earth to show us what God was really like. And he, and he came to present this challenge, and that is to follow him so that as we follow him, we learn more about him. And as we get to know him, we're getting to know his father. We're getting to understand his desire to be present and active and personal in our lives. I want you to look at this verse in Galatians 3.26. It says, we are the children of God through being religious. Is that right? No? 
Wow, oh, okay, I know. It says, we are the children of God through going to church. It's got to be that one, right? It's not that one either? Okay, here's a better one. We are the children of God when we keep the Ten Commandments. No? What does it say? We're the children of God through what? Through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you or I get to be a a full participant in God's family, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. And I hope here this morning in this auditorium and those listening online, I hope that our faith has been stirred to a new level. And perhaps if we've been reticent and we've been holding back from, from really taking that step to follow God, to follow Jesus, and to learn more about him, listen, the more you learn about him, the more impressed you will be with him. The more you will understand how reliable, how consistent, how caring, how loving he can be to each of our lives. And so I want to—I wrote out just a couple of next steps here today that we can take. And I want to encourage you as, as we read these next steps to, to take a hold of the one that's really meaningful for you. And maybe, maybe several of them will be. But first of all, I want to challenge you today, if you're exploring your faith and, and you recognize that perhaps there's been misconceptions you've had about God for various reasons, that today, as you've laid them on the shelf and if you looked at God, what God's really like, you can say, Now, that's a guy I want to get to know. So I want to challenge you to make a decision in your heart this morning to choose to follow Jesus and to get get to know God and, and to allow him to grow your faith and to grow your strength in him as being a child of God. Secondly, I want you to reject the myths that keep you bound in unbelief and instead embrace the truth that we've talked about today, that God's a caring, consistent, close, and competent Father. And then thirdly, remind yourself daily that God is never too busy, that he loves to meet your needs, and that he is compassionate toward you and toward your needs. That's something all of us can take with us today, can't we? To remind ourselves daily that God is never too busy for us. And then finally, I want to encourage you to step across the line. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to tell someone that can celebrate that with you. I want you to make it more than just this private commitment in your heart, but share it with someone so that your faith can grow simply by that confession that you make, that you've decided to follow Jesus and put your trust in him. We'd love for you to let us know if you made a decision like that of commitment to Christ for the first time or a recommitment of your faith to him. And you can do that on your Connect card if you just let us know that you made that decision. Pastor Clay and our office team and our prayer team would love to know so that they can be praying for you. We're going to take just a moment. I'm going to pray for all of us in a moment. But as we do, would you bow your head right now? And I just want to give you an opportunity. If you've made a decision in your heart to take that next step, And just raise your hand and say, Dan, I'd love for you to pray for me today about that decision that I've made, that recommitment or that commitment to Christ for the first time. Would you just shoot your hand up real big right now and then put it down so I can recognize you and remember you? Yes, I'll remember you in prayer. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you so much for every heart here that has been challenged to put their faith and trust in God. And God, for those of us that are still growing our faith, regardless of how young or how 
old we are in the faith, that today our faith is being renewed, that it's being strengthened, that today we're being fed and we're, we're, we're gaining that recognition of a clear vision, God, of who you are as a father to us. And so I pray that as we go from this place today, that we will go with that awareness that you are with us, that you're never too busy for us, that you're more than competent to meet any need that we have. And you're as close as us just simply calling your name. God, thank you for that assurance today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. It's great to speak with you this morning. We'll see you next week. Have a great day.